Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So the question is this. How do thought leaders, school dropouts, former and current students find out what's next after they do or don't cross that stage? If you want to know the secrets to starting the career or business of your dreams, getting paid whatever you desire, and discovering what you do the best with the least amount of effort, then this is the right podcast for you. I'm Sean Anthony, and this is School's Over. Now what? The podcast. Today's episode features none other than J.R. Rivera. Guys, if you are familiar with the hashtag teachers of Instagram or you watch anything inspirational happening right now with education, you already know who this guy is. He's a dynamic keynote, inspirational speaker, and educational consultant who has empowered over 50,000 students and more than 5,000 educators. JR is known for winning BT's most inspiring Instagram in the United States in 2015. He's the author of a future bestseller, What's Eating Up Your Time? And he's co-authored three financial books just for children. Guys, in this particular episode, we talk about his journey. And you know, sometimes things happen in your life that you can least expect and you don't understand why they happen to you. In this episode, we talk about blessings in disguise. And a lot of times when you go through these blessings that you never knew that you would receive, you begin to walk on your own journey, but begin to walk in your purpose. This episode, we talk nothing but that. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you episode nine, Walking in Your Purpose with the J.R. Rivera. have Mr. JR himself with us for this particular episode and man I first of all I just want to welcome you to the show my pleasure my pleasure to be on man I, I, I follow a lot of things on Instagram and I'm pretty sure all of our listeners do as well and one of the most very popular hashtags right now is teachers of Instagram so I'm scrolling through the teachers of Instagram and I stumble across your profile page and I could not stop watching video after video you are an inspiration to people man so I gotta ask that question what motivates you oh man the main thing that motivates me is just coming from such a struggle early on in life and understanding, you know, how valuable words are and the ability to build or break somebody with words. And I just choose to build people up, man, as often as possible. Wow, man. When you look at the words and, and how you go about putting it together, it seems as if you're really focused on impacting the youth. Is that is that your main target? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that goes hand in hand with um, 
being an educator and being able to impact educators is because it'll trickle down to the kids. You know, I feel like the kids are our future and, you know, it's up to us to make sure that the path is a little bit, you know, less bumpy and a little bit more light, lighted along the way. You know, everybody's going to have to go through the same dark valley to get to the top. Man. And you talk about a little bit about your struggle and I'm pretty sure watch just watching your videos, man. You definitely relate, you know, your struggle into everyday, you know, values. Is there a certain time in your life where you like where you was at your lowest point? Could you tell us a little bit about that? Could you take us there? Oh man, I would have to say in college, you know, growing up without a father present in the home because my father was taken to prison for seventeen years for selling drugs, having a single mother and no one in my family ever charted, you know, the territory of going to college. I was in college and I got the pink slip, man. And uh, it was crazy to me because I was an athlete. I also had academic awards and scholarships and all these things. So I go off to college thinking that everything's paid for. And I didn't know any better. I marked uh, Florida prepaid, which I found out later means that your parents had been paying for college all along, which was not the case for me. Um, and I got it mixed up with uh, Florida Bright Futures. So I checked this box and all my stuff is paid for. And uh, after probably like the first, I'll say like three or four weeks of school, the front office, they start telling me where we're staying at in the dorm. They're like, you need to check your mailbox because they just came and said that, you know, you have to check your mailbox and there's an important notice for you. So I finally go to the mailbox and there's a pink slip in there, man. I mean, basically it's telling me that I owe like $946 and like 32 cents. Oh my God. And I remember like, man, where am I going to get this money from? My mom don't have it. My father's in prison. Like, I'm done. I got to I gotta go back home because I couldn't get a job. I was playing Division One football. So I'm like, this is crazy and I was also embarrassed man and that's the big thing you know at that lowest point is that a lot of people they get embarrassed and they just you know hit the eject button and they they release they stop pushing they stop going they just hit the eject button but for me in that embarrassing moment I actually exposed myself you know to my mom and another family member my uncle and they were able to come up with the money you know, I got a couple cussing out and, you know, what are you doing? You need to come home. But, you know, they saw my, my desire to develop as a young man and to finish the journey that I started, you know, and, you know, they got that done for me. And to me, that was one of my lowest points because I thought I had to stop because of something that was outside of my, my reach and I was embarrassed. But, you know, it, it also built some character and it built something in me where I'm not afraid to expose myself. Wow. Looking, looking back at in th- that story, like, is there anything now that, you know, you've went, you know, beyond that, looking back at that story, anything you would have done differently? Um, first of all, <laughs> I would have definitely figured out a way to have some type of income in college. And I also, you know, I learned from that and I didn't get that big meal plan and stay in the fancy dorm room and all of that stuff. So I was, I was good on the money. So I learned from that. But I think just, just, allowing other people into my situation earlier that would be big wow and so i guess being more vulnerable is something you know a lot of times when you're in school or you're in college i mean i could be honest with you there's times where 
your your particular car that you use for the cab, you might run out of a couple swipes. You might have to use your friend's swipes. There might be times where, you know, it's hard and you might not be able to get that meal you, that you wanted. You might not be able to have that Chinese food. You may have to go to that dollar menu at McDonald's. So that's something a lot of people can relate to. So that person that is in college right now, that's struggling just financially. What advice could you give them? Oh, man, the biggest thing is to find, find a team, man. Find a team of people, whether it's one or two, that you can, you know, lean on in rough times. You you pretty much stated it. You know, I found people that I could lean on. When I was in college, there were a couple girls that, you know, stayed around me and they knew my situation a little bit and they would cook and they were like, hey, come over. After practice, I would eat from different people. Um, I had some teammates that would look out. You know, because first I didn't have my full scholarship with football. That's a whole nother story. Um, I had to work for that and get my full scholarship for football because I had chosen um, to go to UCF. They dropped their their football coach that year, and all of the scholarships were gone. So at the last moment, I went to Florida Atlantic University, which was a blessing in disguise. But I didn't have my full scholarship. So, you know, there were certain things that I leaned on my teammates for, like for books. I would find people that had the same classes, borrow their books. You know, that's a big one that people overlook. The book cost for me, you know, at that time was like five or $600 each um, semester. So I didn't spend a dime. I just borrowed books. And, you know, those are things that, that I would definitely say to that person that's struggling financially is, you know, you don't have to have on the newest clothes. You don't have to be out at the clubs. You don't have to be on every scene, but you do have to chase your dream daily. And the only way that you can do that is with someone else you can lean on in rough times. Wow, man. And that's so dope. You, so, you, you know, a lot of people transfer from schools, right? And you, you'll see someone in your class today and then next semester, you know, they, they'll go off to a different place. One thing that you said that really I'm pretty sure got to a lot of our listeners at that moment is you went from um, you, you went from one school and you go to FAU. And you mentioned about it was a blessing in disguise. What's one of those blessings? Oh, man, the biggest blessing. Um, I, I never stepped foot on UCF's campus as a student. So I wouldn't say I transferred. It just was, you know, I never got to go there because of the scholarship situation. But the blessing in disguise was, for one, we won on the field more than UCF um, in my four years. And for two, being able to go somewhere that I didn't value at first, it really, really had an impact on me because I found value in a place that I didn't know it was. You know, I had all this value set up in my mind for University of Central Florida and the opportunities and none set up for Florida Atlantic University. And to be able to go there, and I still go back and speak there now, you know, I'm removed 10 years from graduating from college and I still go back, you know, football, I get to go on the field and different things. So, you know, those are certain things that you, you just can't explain early on of the decision of, man, this is going to benefit me in this way. You know, it, it was a, a short-term sacrifice for a long-term payoff for me. Wow. And so you have this this good football career, and I'm just curious, where did you get the passion to say, I want to become an educator? Oh, man, that definitely wasn't a passion. And, you know, I don't want any of the listeners to go look up no stats because it wasn't a great career. Um, when I played at Florida Atlantic University, as I stated, um, I was one of the top receivers there. Anybody will tell you that that was on the team. Probably the hardest working player there. But in that situation, you know, politics does play its position when you don't have a scholarship. So I earned my way on the field. As a junior, I finally started playing. 
and I blocked more punts in school history, which is probably the hardest play to make in football. Sure. You know, um, they, they don't block punts every game. Some teams don't block punts for years. And um, I was able to block some, some punts and, you know, make some significant plays. But at the next level, I wanted to play, play in the NFL. I didn't care nothing about no teaching or nothing else. I wanted to help kids. That was always on my radar. I wanted to make it and be able to help kids financially and, you know, coming back and speaking and having camps, just like all the other guys that I know. But the plan shifted when I realized that it just wasn't happening. I tried out for the Dolphins, tried out for some other teams, then I dropped down and tried out for Arena. It didn't work. And then I was like, you know what? I just want to help kids. So I got into coaching, which led into the teaching because um, at the time, my wife, she was like, you know, I just think that you'll be really good at teaching. And I'm like, yeah, right. I, I don't even like school. Like, I had a 4.13 GPA in high school, and I hated school. I did it because I wanted to get up out of there. <laughs> so, you know, what happened was that um, along my journey, you know, I, I realized that that would be the easiest way to impact the kids. And, you know, at the same time, occupy my mind, you know, as far as not making it in the NFL, you know, it was another low point in life. But I dug deep and had fun doing it, and I ran every sprint and trained with the kids, and the opportunity came. Then I made it on it, um, professional indoor football team, and I was actually playing football, coaching, and teaching for three years. So Man. that was that was pretty cool, and that's what really got me started in the classroom. And I'm very competitive, so when I came into the classroom, I was I wanted to be the best at what I did. You know, no matter that I didn't go to school for education, I went to school and got a business management degree. And then I took the alternate route once I was an educator to take the graduate level courses so that I could be a certified teacher. Man, that's amazing. So you, you start this career in, in teaching and be a certified teacher. Where did you get your, your biggest break? My biggest break was the very first one. Uh, my best friend, Philip Buchanan, he played in the NFL for 11 years. Um, he reached back to one of his uh, basketball coaches from high school who had became a principal, Mr. McSee. And uh, it was back home, which I didn't want to do, go back home. But I had to, you know, bite the pride, swallow the pride and go on back. And I went back and this guy, he offered me a job to be a full-time teacher and a coach. And I had just been turned down from just being a coach um, in the Miami area before I went back home in Fort Myers. So it was a big break for me. And then the school was an A school. Uh, we won every game but one that year. I went to like the second or third round of the playoffs. Um, sent a lot of girls on full scholarships for track. You know, my first year as a head coach on track. So I, I got a big break in my first opportunity. Man. I mean, and it sounds like even, even though – uh, even outside of just learning education wise, you're impacting a lot of people's lives and what they love to do. And I, I applaud you for that, man, most certainly. So there's somebody right now that's listening to this podcast and they want to go out and they want to be an educator. Is there any advice that you can give that person? Oh, man, the best advice is to get started now. You know, if you have a college degree, you can actually be hired. I know in the state of Florida, you can be hired. And then you can get all the other tests and different things taken care of while you're hired. You just have to take that subject area test. And to pass the subject area test, man, it's like basic skills. You know, some people say, I'm not good at math. I'm not good at that. Well, find that one subject 
that you really, really fell in love with. Math was it for me. I was always good with numbers. And, you know, just go study that test. You got one test stopping you from changing people's lives. You know, that's, that's the one test, you know, the subject area test. You pass that, you can be hired as a teacher. If you pass that and you have a degree in anything, you can become a teacher. Man. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of people didn't know I've never heard of that. Yeah, and I found that out the hard way. Uh, there's one more thing that I would say also. If you're becoming a first-year teacher or even you're a rookie, you know, second-year teacher or whatever, or you're thinking about it, get to some of these self-care conferences. You know, I'm, I'm actually headlining one in Chicago and one in Miami, and uh, I got some other possibility ones in Texas and some other states. But, man, get to these conferences. There's so much tools and breakout sessions of how to navigate through it and to really make your impact, not just in the classroom, but outside. You know, there's, there's teachers that make a million dollars right now, so I'll... I don't know what your excuse is, the money or whatever. Yeah, there's a whole other world out there. So, you know, please get to those conferences. Wow. And, you know, so many people say, okay, I really want to go do this, but I don't think teachers make a lot of money. And then there's some people that, that, like you, they identify, you know, the hot spots. So how did you identify those hot spots and, you know, say, okay, there are so many other things I can do with this? Oh, man, when when you're walking in purpose, things will just start to get positioned around you, man. And I was just walking in my purpose. I was posting these motivational videos for two and a half years straight trying to help my kids because a lot of the students were saying, hey, Mr. Rivera, how do I get that that uh, motivation? Like, you should make an Instagram or do something. I'm like, I don't like social media. But finally, I gave in. And I said, you know what? I'm going to only post motivational things. So I started posting all these videos and people realized what my occupation was as an educator. I started to speak on it here and there. And I started getting this whole, like, following of teachers. And then I said, well, how do I really reach them? Because if I reach one teacher, that teacher is in charge of anywhere from 25 to 30 kids in elementary to middle school. They're in charge of maybe 100 kids in high school, maybe 150 kids. If I reach that one teacher, I reach a large number of students. So... I started going to these conferences and I volunteered to speak at one. They accepted me and I just killed it. And once I killed that, they start paying me to come. And, you know, it's a whole nother world they introduced me to. Wow. I mean, so walking in your purpose, I think it is beyond, you know, just a gym that you're giving people right now and walking in your purpose. You know, so many times people want to go do this, they want to go do that. But once you identify that, that it, right, that gift, the thing that you do the best with this amount of effort. It seems like things change. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, I actually met with Steve Harvey last year. And Steve is, you know, a magnificent person to actually listen to on that subject of your gift, not just being able to run, jump, sing, or do these different things, but it's what you do with the least amount of effort better than everybody else. And when I spoke to Steve and I, I got that reassurance and realignment of, what I'm doing is is worthy of doing, man. I just I just never looked back, and I just went at it because at first, you're when you're walking in your purpose, you can't predict the actual income that's going to come from it. So at first, you might not make a dime doing it, but if you do it well enough, the the income has to come because it's necessary. You're here for a reason. So if you if you manifesting that reason and you're doing what you're supposed to eventually the income has to show up i certainly agree with that man so 
I want to know this this particular question. There's currently somebody that's listening that's asking themselves, you know, the, the question of the podcast, whether they are a college dropout, whether they're a current student or a former student. If you were to give that advice to that person asking themselves, school's over, now what? What would it be? Oh, man. I'm not an advocate for going to school unless what you plan on doing which for the rest of your natural life lines up with that or at least is a part of the transition like if you want to be a teacher or a doctor or a lawyer you have to go to college and then your next thing is set up but i say get into your purpose your craft whatever it is if you know that you can cut hair better than anybody else you need to go to barber school you need to get into those things because you know that person who drops out or stops college early and finds that thing what they're supposed to be doing they might not get the degree but last time i checked a boss does not have to have a degree you need a whole bunch of degrees to work for the boss but you don't need one to be the boss and you know for me after school was over i didn't know what the heck to do i had this business management degree and nobody would hire me that's pretty much the rhyme that was going on business management degree and they wouldn't hire me i had (laughs) no type of on-job training experience or anything because I had played college football and I didn't have an opportunity to go to any of these, you know, internships or any of that stuff. I didn't understand that. I just thought I was going to make it in football, create a business, and come back and help kids. So when school was over, I had to do some soul searching. And, you know, I actually created this worksheet that allows people to find their purpose within seven questions. And you can really find out what you're really good at. And I'm definitely going to release that along with my new book. I'm actually coming out with a daily motivation. You're the first one to hear about it. Um, oh, I actually wow. just finished this, finished up the uh, cover. And we're going to start doing some of these uh, pre-sales. You know, and we're really going to help some people be impacted, man, on a daily basis. Because so many people say, read, do this, do that. And it's just too much. It's overwhelming. I'm going to break it down and I'm going to give you 180 pages, which is 180 days to do a 180 in your life. Oh, man. Make a whole time around. Man. I mean, we definitely got to get that in the show notes. <laughs> JR, I mean, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. I mean, I know this is, this is adding so much value to a lot of people right now. How can people reach you? Oh, man. I can be reached on Instagram underscore jr rivera you can find me on twitter i'm hardly on there but it's rivera underscore reaches you on facebook it's just jr rivera and man i'm I'm always on instagram i'm always checking it i try to check almost all of my messages that's the best way to reach out to me um also my email is on my uh instagram so all the information there i also have a website mildmindset.com and i also have a youtube channel jr rivera Man, perfect. Man, I appreciate you, man, and and everything you do. As always, guys, remember, dream it, believe it, go out and get it. you think i hope you enjoyed today's episode 
I want to know what you learned. So if you wouldn't mind, would you take a screenshot of you listening to the podcast on your phone right now? Upload to your Instagram stories, tag me at Sean R. Anthony underscore, and then let me know in that Instagram story what is one thing that you learned. I love hearing from you, my listeners, thought leaders, former or current students all around the world. Let me know. And while you're doing this, go inside the podcast app, subscribe, leave a five-star review and a five-star rating. Again, this helps us reach more people. And if you want to be a part of this mission, helping us change the world one person at a time, it makes a massive difference by you leaving a review. Thanks so much. I'll see you next week. And remember, dream it, believe it, Go out and get it.